the veteran, the sidestep, the banana, Mark Murphy! Might have no choice. It starts right, it swings back. What a goal! Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Unlucky Blues podcast. I'm your first Unlucky Blue, Luke, and I'm joined today by JB and Dimmer. Boys, how are we going? Uh, pretty good. I'd like to have been better, but um, obviously Colin didn't really allow for that this week. But um, yeah, what about you, Tass? Yeah, look, a bit disappointing. I'm not going to say um, I'm angry or anything like that. I'm more just disappointed that, you know, we started the game really well, but couldn't hold on. It's not as if... Um, I don't think it, it was an effort thing this week. I think the effort was definitely there for four quarters. Just I guess the Eagles were just too good and we didn't really have anyone that could arrest the game, but we'll get, we'll get into that later on, I guess. Yeah, so for those of you listening, Carlin went down by 22 points against the Eagles. Um, again, we conceded another five-goal turnaround. Seems to be a common theme this year for the Blues, and if not five goals, it's definitely four goals. Um, tell me, what do you think was the big problem for us? We'll start with you, Dima. The big problem for us? Again, recurring theme. I mentioned it last week in our mid-season review. It's just an inability to slow the game down when necessary and rest momentum back from the opposition. First half, we were all over them. Safe to say that we were definitely all over them. Um, but it seems to me that it's the same old Carlton. When the momentum swings, there's no one there that is willing to put their hand up and really say, no, slow the game down, take your time. I don't know if you guys noticed, in the third quarter, when we started early with the momentum, laying all those tackles in the forward 50, when West Coast finally started getting the ball, they kicked it around for about two or three minutes, and that's when the momentum switched. Yeah, we absolutely right. Have, we just don't have anyone that, and I don't know whether that's a leadership problem, I don't want to say it is, but I'm just not sure really well, why our players don't know. Luke, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I, I, I 100% agree. I, I think it does come down to our on-field leaders. There's not much I think Teague can do from the coach's box mid-quarter. I mean, you can get a few mm-hmm. messages out through the runners, but at the end of the day, you need you need the senior players and the leaders to step up and you know really take control in that sense. And if that means you play one or two men behind the ball, that's what you've got to do. What about yeah. you, JB? What do you reckon? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, definitely. Yeah, halfway through that third quarter, we do cop get, uh, concede a goal to Josh Kennedy. And, yeah, just there, just look to play it slow, stifle, take the sting out of the game and take West Coast momentum out. But we failed to do that. I mean, I guess it's you can it's like you, uh, you can credit them to try and for Carlton to keep trying to play their way. But sometimes you do have to change things up and, we didn't, and we yeah, we did cop the five goals. It's, I think out of the 21 games Teague's coach, we've copped 14 five-plus goal swings. Yep. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a pattern that we've uh, just got to got to change. It's definitely one you can't keep. I mean, it's all well and good to keep coming back from them, but imagine if you don't cop them and you manage to still score the goals. So, yeah, it is, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Just got to keep improving. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we get into the real stuff, I want to I want to ask you a question. Do you think Tom Williamson looks like David Cunningham? Uh, I I don't think he does, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure some commentators do. There's there's a few there's a few um there's a few mistaken identities going around. I think 
in the North game, you had Anthony Hudson calling Ben Mac- uh, Harry Mackay Ben Mackay yeah. when we were playing against North, and yeah, you got VT calling Williamson Cunningham. It's uh, it's definitely a interesting I mean, one, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he looks like him. But <laughs> mistaken identity. It's it's it, you can understand it happening every now and then, but for you're mistaking him for a guy who's not even out there, who's about half his size, <laughs> and play in two totally <laughs> different positions. I don't know. I don't know who BT thinks he's watching, but mate, I can I can almost I can only just watch you right now, BT. But when you start pulling stuff out like that, it's making it pretty tough, and I might have to put the TV on mute. I think. Can you just put it down to Channel Seven commentary? It's just absolutely dreadful, and they need a rotation of commentators. Maybe steal some from Fox because I can't. I, I literally cannot watch a game with Channel Seven it's commentary bit, anymore. It's a bit um, to to put it. To put it nicely, Tass, I think you could call it just a bit tired. A little bit tired, yeah. I think, you know, when, when, you, when, you, have, when you have people when you have people like Luke Darcy calling uh, Michael Gibbons Gibson for a whole quarter, <laughs> like, mate, come on. <laughs> what, you can't read a team uh, sheet. Are you serious? You've got bones to we, pick with the commentary we have, don't we? We've got bones to pick with a lot of things, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and one, one last comment as well. Um, my, I'm most disappointed uh, this week in the Bureau of Meteorology. Now, we got oh. told all week it was going to be bucketing <laughs> down. And not only was it dry, and we only got about eight drops of rain in the final quarter, I think Tom DeConing was getting a bit sunburn out there. Was that sunny? <laughs> we, we were preparing for a nice wet slog, you know, working in our favour. I mean, we were, we were handling the, the dry weather quite well for most of the match, but... He left the he left the SPF fifty back at Drindle. He didn't bloody need it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into the the real stuff. Um, Zach Fisher, how good was oh, he back in the team? About goals? about time. Great to see him back in the. He worked hard to get back in the team, and he earned his spot and kept his spot. Obviously, he definitely is playing next week. It's it's good to see the the fruits of his his hard work. So, yeah, credit to him. Absolutely. What do you reckon, Dinner? What do I reckon? I reckon yep. it was an absolutely, probably, no, absolutely, absolutely his best performance, honestly. Yep. I heard, um, I heard Teague's presser, him saying that they said to Zaki early in the year that we want to turn him into a small forward and feel he can build his midfield craft. And boy, is that exactly what you want from a small forward? Four goals out of nothing, four goals that were snaps, four goals from balls dropping from the big men. Absolutely excellent work from Zach and just it's great to see him back in the team and really showing his authority and doing the 25 proud. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely better had, better, had better a, than that last guy, Clem Smith, I reckon. I was, I was oh, going to say a, a, a couple that. of 25s before him weren't that good. <laughs> no, actually, no, it was just the one, which is Clem Smith. Uh, it's a real shame, he, real shame he didn't get his career up and about, but uh, that's football. Oh, well. And um, so, do, so do you see him being a small forward Long term, I mean, he's definitely got the size for, of a small forward. I think um, if guys like Jack Nunes and uh, Sam Philp start working their way into the team on the wing, I think. Do you think Fisher's a viable option as a permanent forward pocket? I was, Absolutely. I was going to say as well. We do seem to have a fair few players that can play small, play in that as a small forward role. We also go on the midfield. It might. It definitely will prove to be a bit of a good headache for Teague where we've got Glaxo Cunningham and then 
you mentioned Philp and stuff to go in the forward line. So definitely rotation and a headache there. But um, I, I would like to see Fish in the midfield, but we would have a fair few rotating through that mid and uh, small forward role. Absolutely. Now, moving on from Fish, I want to get your thoughts on Matthew Cottrell, the debutant. How do you reckon he went, Dimmer? Cotters, mate. Pretty, um, for a first game, pretty good. I saw him, uh, he got a bit scared early on, I noticed. that He didn't really pick up the pace of the game. I think it was a bit of a shock for him. But as soon as he, as soon as he got going, he, he did some really good things. You know, really showed that he could be a 100-gamer, I reckon. Um, I'm going early with it. I'm going early with it. But yeah, like <laughs> he, he looks, he looks up to it. I know, I think he did, and not to compare him to Phil, but in between, because uh, um, because Cottrell's had more development than time. Mm. But for a first game coming in, he he did a lot more than he had a bit more of an impact than Phil did, I think. And, and I was really Absolutely. happy to see him do it well. I was really yeah, happy to see him do it well. Yeah, and he this this is a bit um, far fetched because it's only one game, but. I reckon he could become a bit of a Mitch Robinson in our midfield. I like the way he really attacks the ball. He looks like he'd be willing to lose his head for the team when he's out there. Um, yeah. I thought he, I thought he was really good. Didn't do a whole lot really, but I think it was early in the third quarter when we were under the pump a bit. He, we, he found himself on the ball, and I think he got a few early touches. And yeah. um, he, he looked good. He, I think he, I rec- I think he's done enough to keep his spot for next week. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I was going to say is just just going to say as well with Cotri, he didn't do too much. He didn't do too much wrong, which is what you want really in a debut. Mm. You just don't make any mistakes and cost the team too much. At least if you're not going to be, if you're not going to provide positive positively, at least don't be too negative. And he and he wasn't. He when he had his moments, he definitely did show he's got the ability to keep his spot in the team going forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and now dinner, your man TDK, the king. Thoughts. Thank you. Are we going with the king or are we going with Thor? I reckon we go with Thor. I was Thor. thinking Thor. See, seeing him in the rooms with our long hair down to his shoulders looks like he'd have a hammer by his side. But um, yeah, sorry, continue with us. Yeah. So he's, he's Thor. He's Thor. He's Thor on this potty. I'm, we're going with it. Yeah, look, Thor was uh, very impressive, I think. When, when he took, when Pitno went off with the hand and he actually halved the, uh, the ruck contest. With Nat Nui, I thought. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, and, um, I don't know why. I don't know why T took him out. He was doing pretty well, and I noticed that's when the momentum really swung when Pitney went back in the ruck. They started getting all yeah. those center clearances. Um, but yeah, he was really good. He dropped a few, but when he starts grabbing those, he's going to be a really, really important. Very dangerous. He, he's going to be. He's going to be a ten-year ruckman. That bloke. I can. I can see. I was... You can just see it. He just looks comfortable out there. Just again with that Pitt and ATDK combo, I was thinking if obviously why yeah, why um bring Pitt and A back in at least if to, if Tom DeConi was doing well in the in the ruck, at least put Pitt and A forward. At least there you can make the contest and keep TDK in the form he was in in the ruck. At least yeah, with Pitt and A there you can make the contest and at least have the have the contest and stop um their backman marking it as well. So it was yeah, definitely an interesting one. call from interesting call for me from Teague, but um. Anyway, going forward, at least we know TDK can stand up to the best in the comp. Well, do you think Pitanay is capable of playing forward? I mean, personally, I think he his only job that he can really do is in the ruck. I don't think he could handle playing as a forward. 
Uh, well, he did. He did get a nice um, little handball out for one, I think it was Fisher's second or third goal in the pack. But I mean, other than little things like that, I don't see him being much of a forward. So, saying that, do you think moving forward, when we are going up against a team with a ruckman like Natanui, where they're very agile, can move pretty quickly, do you think uh, Pinanay hold this spot, or do you think TDK might be the one we go with in the ruck? What do you think? Uh, it's a tough one because obviously Thor's Thor's still young, so you don't want to always give him the number one against the. You need a, he does need a chop out, but I was thinking at least for the game against West Coast, Pitney keep him forward with TDK the form he was in. It is a tough one. It's a definitely a tough call for fatigue, but um, you kind of you want to win games, and I think to to do that, you still need a mature ruckman, and Pitto is that for us. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to go the other one, actually. I think TDK is, is going to be our premium ruckman in the future. So I was I reckon that the best thing to do going forward, maybe not in the back half of this year, because he's probably still needs some more development. Ruckman take ages, as we all know. Um, but I think TDK should be the number one ruckman going going on next year, 2021. So, so coming in behind. So, so, so round one, you'd, you'd play him? Yep, straight away. Get him in there. Very Probably the best thing for him, I think. All right. Well, there you go. I, I, I tend to agree. I think De Koning long-term should be our number one ruck. But the thing is, I, th- I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, in a lot of these scratch matches and last year in the VFL, he was playing majority forward, if I'm not yeah. wrong. And maybe yeah, that was due to having... I think, that might have been was. because we had Phillips or we, we had a few tolls and who could play in the ruck. So maybe he, that's the reason he was playing forward. But I do hope they do make the move with him and really do make him become that number one ruckman that we need. Because at the end of the day, um, Cruz is on his last legs and we need someone ASAP. And yes, Pitane will be good for now to um, fill that gap. But long term, I think TDK has shown in his third game on the weekend that he can match it with the league's best. I mean, he was the one who was racking in that second quarter where we dominated. Um, he was really, all he was doing really was making Natanui lose lose his balance a little bit, just putting him off balance yeah. so he couldn't get those perfect tap downs that he was getting while he was up against Pitanay. And um, right. imagine once you get a few more games into him, playing as a ruckman, you know, having someone to train. Training against Pitanay will be great for him, just another big body who can probably bully him around a little bit, but... He's only going to get better from here in the ruck. I don't. I can't see him going backwards. That's for sure. Yeah, boys. Yeah. You reckon Cruz? I get a contract next year. I think. I think a lot of this is a bit of a yeah, a bit of a talk. I think if he is healthy, you do keep him around. I don't think we'd be paying him the big bucks, but definitely as an experience for Pitney and and Thor, he he definitely provide a great asset to those boys as well going forward. Yeah. So I think you do at least at least another year. Yeah, I was going to say this too. Luke, what do you think? Uh, personally, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of Cruiser keeping De Koning out of the team. And now, realistically, I think if Cruiser's playing, Pitane is the one to drop out. However, we've seen in the past, like, I mean, we brought Callum Moore in you know, over TDK. Yeah. I don't want Pitonet to start getting selected over TDK. No. Um, so personally, another game of football. <laughs> <laughs> so personally, personally, I would like to see... Um, I mean, I love Cruz and he's been amazing, obviously, but 
even if he does play next year, I, I can't see him playing any more than, you know, 14 games at best, just because his body can't hold up anymore, which is yeah. a shame. But yeah, just... um, that's, that's going to be a very interesting discussion at the end of the year, especially if TDK can find form and Mark Pitanay find some form. Um, I say, yeah, he wouldn't, and he wouldn't have much value, would he, now being his age and injury no, history? Yeah, no. for sure. So all right. You definitely have so, to, yeah, it's a tough one. So, JB, I'm going to ask you, who is under the pump? This is what we're going to call, this segment is the blowtorch. We're going to talk about which players need to, not necessarily, not that they need to get dropped, but if they don't start picking up their performance, they might be in a bit of strife. Who do you reckon, JB, who's under the pump today? Oh, it's it's a tough one for me because John, I think it was we had definitely had, had a fair few good moments against the Eagles, but for me it's for me it's Levi. He ha- obviously his contested marking is a big facet of his game and it's a it's a big asset to the to the team. But when he's when he's kicking for goal, he's just sort of lost his way a little in the past three four weeks. And if he kicks a couple that he missed in the past few weeks, I think the games would have been a little bit different and. Um, the one thing I did want to pick out, he's got to he's got to put his mouth guard in the right place when he's kicking for goal. That one he <laughs> he kicked out on the full. Um, I think it was I think it was in his sock and might have come off that. So I don't, you don't want to put the blame on something, but Levi's just might have to look at that going forward as well. Yeah. What about you, Dimmer? Um, I'm going to go with the one and a half. So I'm going to start with Mark Murphy. Okay. Could be a controversial opinion considering the amount of possessions you had. However, he's not having an impact. All these possessions are junk. They go nowhere. Purely and simply, the efficiency is just not not there, I don't think. He, he doesn't... How, how do I put this? He doesn't... His, his disposal is positive in the sense that it doesn't create something at the moment. And I, I, I just don't think he's... He's impacting enough to justify a spot in the team or slash take away a spot in the team from a youngster who's going to be the future. I'm not saying don't keep him around the club because he's a leader. Um, he, he, will, he will be an instructor to the young kids still. But to think that he's keeping someone like, and I know Dow's only just come back, but I think Dow needs more game time. And look, let's be honest, Murphy doesn't tackle. He's not hard at the ball anymore. So really, neither is Dow. So why? What? I want to know why you would choose Murphy now over someone like Paddy Dow, who's going to be the future and still has a chance to develop. The other, the half I thing here. I'm going to split this half into quarters. One, <laughs> one point. Why is Willow falling over all the time? So Williamson. Have you noticed this? Williamson is yeah, falling. Yeah, he doesn't keep his feet. Might, might need the metal stops in. What's yeah, going like on? Sam Wick, get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. <laughs> there's that, but there's also um. Can we please stop Liam Jones from kicking? He's <laughs> oh, uh, not a bad kicker. He do, but when he does try to chop off a bit more that he can chew with some of his kicks, he, on under pressure, he obviously might. His his bad ones are definitely very bad for Liam Jones. I was just going to say, I just kind of disagree with you on the Murphy thing. I, at least in the West Coast game. You did, you did find him underneath getting, being the bottom one in a stack sign a couple of times. But obviously, overall, yeah, Murphy can be perceived to be at least a, a little soft. But there's some instances where he does go hard. But so I continue, Cass. 
I was just going to say, like, I just don't think he's, I think he still deserves a spot. But I just, well, I mean, not a spot, a spot on the list. But a spot in the team, yeah. I don't know, until he really starts having a big impact. And the disposal say he did have an impact, but watching the game, I don't think he did. Um, yeah, he's yeah, his moments, but he not, needs, not more than... He needs, he needs, he needs, he needs more to than, earn, earn his spot rather than have it given to him mm. just because he's an old you know, that's, that's where I'm sort of going with it. Okay, well, I was uh, for my player that I think is under the pump this week. Uh, we've already spoken about him. It's Mark Pitane, um, but I'm not going to. We're not going. I'm not going to repeat myself. So I will say another person who I think is under the pump, and it is his name is Nathan Williamson, and he wears the number 22 for those green guys on the field. Now I don't want to talk about the umpires too much because this is a Carlton podcast, but. When the whole AFL world, and it's not just Carlton fans, when the whole AFL world is, has their hands up in the air just because they can't believe some of these decisions being made, something needs to be done. And Nathan Williamson, not only is he, he's been umpiring us for the past, I think, three weeks now. Four. Four, and four. four weeks, yeah. is it? Okay, four weeks. Four weeks I, I've just seen his head too many times on the screen after making a terrible decision, which has cost us goals. And okay, he's my player... He's my player under the pump today. Not that he's a player, but he's, he's under the pump for me. This is the problem, though, Luke. This is the problem. Umpires are not held accountable for their actions in this sport. They're Agreed. not held accountable. If you, you go to soccer, referees get dropped from the A-League for making poor decisions. They don't referee the next week if they make a poor decision. And I can, I can guarantee that, especially in the lower leagues here in the NPL, you get dropped. You won't referee in the NPL next week. And the AFL does not hold their officials accountable for their actions. Jared Whateley went on this morning. I don't know if our listeners listened to it, but he went through 12 controversial decisions um, that happened in our game yesterday. The, the umpires are going at 50%. These guys, are, they, they, they're, they're officiating the top level and they're going at 50%. What is going These are on? apparently our best guys. These are apparently what is the going best on? what we have. Well, we could talk all day about the umpires, but we won't because otherwise we're just going to get too angry, I think. But yeah. I think, yeah, blood, blood pressure might rise. Yeah. So t- we're going to have our first um, instalment for the Brad Fisher MVP Award. So this is our MVP award that we're going to give to the Unlucky Blues Best and Fairest this year. We're going to give our, each of us, we're going to give a 3-2-1. And Jonathan, JB, can you explain why you decided it's going to be the Brad Fisher MVP Award? Because the Brad Fisher, I don't if if our listeners do know his his story, he, he was unlucky. He finished on ninety nine games. He was, I guess, the epitome of this podcast. Very very <laughs> unlucky on on his on his day. He could match with the best of them, but that's that's the reason why we've we've gone with naming the award after him. All right. So no explanations for your votes. So talk about the game. Uh, Dimmer. Oh, yep. Who's your three two one? Uh, three two one. I think the three is pretty obvious. Good old Zaki boy. Yep, Fisher. Four goals, 12 disposals, five score involvements. Just absolute fantastic return to football for that. Um, my two, I'm going to go with... Oh, honestly, I'm tossing up here. Two, I'll go... I don't know. Do we need to come back to you? Do we need to come back yeah. to you? Yeah, come All back right. to me. Come back Maybe. to me. Give me your three, two, for one. Me, for me, my, okay, you guess my my three, 
my three, I'd, I'd definitely have to go with Fisher. Without, without him and his opportunistic goals, we, we do end up getting smacked by about a good 50. But for me, my two was, was Cripps. I think he had a, definitely had a better performance. Eight tackles as well. Definitely from last week. I know he, he did miss that one, which would have put us another goal or two in front. But from, from last week, definitely improved my two. And then my one would definitely have to go to TDK. Goes up against arguably the best ruckman in the comp and at least matched him in some instances and definitely didn't get beaten. So for them, for that game against West Coast, that's my that's my 3-2-1. What about you, Luke? Yep, so I've got Zach Fisher for three votes, obviously. I thought he was great. Uh, two votes, Sam Walsh. I thought he was really solid again. Um, he's finding the footy a lot more, and he's and he's looking really dangerous moving forward. Um, so I think he's really turned his season around the last few weeks, which is great to see. And I've got Patrick Cripps for the one vote. Again, yeah, really good in the contest. Um, and going forward, he provided a really strong target. So that's mine. Dimmer, have you thought of your two and one? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm going Setterfield too. Yep. Massive last quarter. Really brought himself up there. Seven tackles. Um, I thought he impacted a lot, and I really like Setters. And my one can go to Samo. Provided. Samo. Yeah, he had a bigger impact, I thought, than yep. uh, than the Hawks game. Definitely showed wise at halfback. He played. He, I thought he played well. I thought he played well. So I'm going to go with Samo for one. Right. He definitely, he definitely had a definitely had a big impact in the media this week. Um, yeah. Just one more thing with with Cripps going forward. It definitely does add another dimension to his game, at least with in the stoppages as well. It means the defender has to, um, I guess, defend him in a midfield contest and not a forward yeah. contest. So hopefully going forward, we can change it up if things aren't really working. It's another string to add to his boat. Absolutely. Now, any any last comments on the game before we look to the week ahead? I would say one more thing. It's definitely... About time we've seen it. We had 77 tackles, and that pressure inside 50 was immense. And it was one of the reasons why we did manage to at least get a 20-point lead initially. So hopefully, going forward, we can keep that pressure as well. Just on that, boys, 77 tackles. I think it was 17 or 18 inside 50 for no reward. West Coast. That was a thing. Five, yeah. tackles, five tackles inside 50 for three free kicks and two goals. Even, even, even not really no reward from the umpires. Just no reward from ourselves as well. In that third quarter, we did cop. I think it was four goals to one, but we still had a fair few inside fifties as well. I think at near the end of the third fairly. quarter, we had eleven in. We had, a, we had eleven inside fifties for seven points. So it was, it's where we don't take our chances. We definitely did pay the price, and it was obviously West Coast. They, they did show why they were. They are a quality outfit, and just shows that we aren't just yet. Absolutely. They definitely are showing why they are considered to be one of the best teams in the league. Now, moving into our next game, we've got the Fremantle Dockers. They are playing, we are recording this a couple hours before they play their next match. So at the time of recording, we are, we have Fremantle at three and six. So they're not doing too great, the Dockers. But They've got a pretty interesting team. Now, Matt Tabernard and Rory Lobb, when they're playing forward together, they're pretty dangerous. They're both in the top five in the league for contested marks. I believe there was a stage this season where they were one and two. Obviously, we've got Levi Caswell in the top five as well. But when you've got two forwards who are marking the ball a lot, it's going to make life pretty challenging for our key backs, especially Matt Tabernard and Rory Lobb. They're man mountains. They're very big guys. So... 
that'll be a bit of a task for uh, Liam Jones and Weedering, I'd imagine, will take the two of them. Um, but that's going to be a big... Uh, that's going to be good to watch, I think. Um, it's a good task for Liam Jones. I thought Jones was brilliant against uh, the Eagles. I thought he had a really good game. Uh, he's been struggling for a bit of form, but he seems to be playing well again, which is great to see. But the thing that um, catches my eye about the Dockers is their back line. Now, I think this is an area we can really expose. Um, they're missing a lot of key def key position players. They're missing Griffin Logue, Alex Pierce, and Joel Hamling, all guys who would be manning up on the either the one, probably the first, the top three forwards in any opposition. Leaving, and that only leaves really Luke Ryan as the only established key defender. And even then, he they prefer him to be playing in an intercept, uh, intercepting role, sort of the way we have Doherty sort of roaming around the back line. So what do you think of that? Do you think because of those injuries that they're experiencing, that, they're, that they have down back, do you think guys like Levi, um, TDK and if Harry or Mitch McGovern get back into the team, do you think they should be looking to have big games? You guys, you can, oh, I'll answer this one. Um, I think you, def <laughs> you definitely keep Levi up forward. I think his marking ability there just to put him under pressure and make him defend would, would definitely hopefully prove a big asset in that game. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think, Tass? I think just having Levi up forward, I think you do go with maybe two talls. If they don't have as many talls as we do, I think you obviously depending on the weather, you never know with this West yeah. Coast. Weather, That's what I was gonna say. Thought it was thought it was gonna yeah. bucket down and it proved out to be a nice day. So I think yeah, just depending on how I guess if I have to, yeah, how they match up as well. Do you do you do go that extra tall to outmark them or do you do go small and play pressure, which I think Pressure is is nice, but if you can't have anyone marking inside fifty, you might be wasting those opportunities. Yeah, look, if it's wet, I think it's two tools. But if it's not, it's three tools. Definitely stick to the system. They, they obviously made it clear that they want to play three tools in the future, regardless of whether it's wet or not. Um, but I definitely think yeah, Levi in the forward line. Do we know if McGovern and Mackay are going to come back next um, week? I think I think McGovern at least out of the two. Because yeah, what was McCoy's so. Was McCoy's issue a hamstring? Is that what it was? Yeah, um, I believe so, yes. I think um, yeah. if any of them are going to play, it will be McGovern. Um, yeah. If not, does our, if we do decide to go three tall, if it's dry against the small back line, do we think um, our best mate, Callum Moore, will get another call-up or not? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, Tess is going to make it his life's I'd, mission I'd, to I'd rather, go I'd, play a game of footy again. I'd rather play the 17 than play with Callum Moore. Uh, <laughs> bit harsh. No. Yeah, you know, I'm, I think I might second that one as well. Um, and another great, <laughs> another really um, good factor into this game is that, for, for Carlton at least, is Michael Walters may potentially miss. He's, he's out tonight against, I believe, they're playing the Hawks. Yeah. Um, so he. Whether he gets up or not, um, that'll be interesting. But he's such a key player for them. And I think if he's not playing, it gives our midfield a bit more of a chance to go at theirs. And it's a good, it's actually going to be a really good matchup because they've got, obviously, Matt Fife in the middle and David Mundy, who is, has been playing brilliant footy for so many years. But they've got a lot of young guys in Brayshaw, Chera. They've got Caleb Sarong, who's come in this year and been really, really good for them. 
So it's going to be a good test because, yes, our midfield's young, but they're old enough to dominate, I think, a midfield like that, especially if Walters isn't out there. So it's going to be a good game to watch. Um, guys, what do you reckon? Zimmer, do you reckon we're getting up? Yeah, it's a must-win, Luke. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute must-win, especially considering we've lost the last two. Um, I have faith that we'll get up, but seriously, we're really... Um, if we, if we want to say that we've progressed this year, this is a game that we have to win to do so. And we'll get on to the weeks after when they come along. But this game is a must win and I believe we'll do it. I believe we'll do it as long as we don't let them build momentum. Because they, they did it in the St Kilda game. As soon as they got their momentum, they ran over the top of the Saints. We've got to arrest the momentum. If All right. So how, yes, how much are we winning by dinner? Uh, I'm going with three goals. Three goals. JB. I would, I would, you'd, yeah, you definitely have to see us win here. I think um, it's almost like we do go the, through the season in stages of three. Like you, you win, you lose badly, then you lose playing well, and then you win when you should. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think we should get up, especially after the effort last week. We we know we can match it with the best in the comp. Just got to obviously maintain it for four quarters and. No disrespect to Freo, they aren't as good as West Coast. So hopefully we can get over the top of them and, and stay on top. So we're winning by how much do you think? Oh, I'd love to say not a uh, hundred, but I'd I'd be, I'd be a bit reasonable. I definitely think a three to go three to four goal cushion, especially if we manage to say have a good first quarter and then keep that twenty I guess twenty point buffer throughout the whole game should put us in good stead. So yeah, I say same as Tassel, we're three goals. All right. Well, I'm I'm backing in the Blues. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to be a bit more uh, positive, and I reckon we're going to win by 45 points. I think we're going to yes. smash them. I reckon we're going to bounce back, and we're going to smash them. I think Cripper's in for another big one. Um, get him in the guts, and he's going to run. He's going to run right against these younger guys. So I'm excited. On that note, we will move on to our weekly forgotten blue. Now I've got a I've got someone here, and I'm going to. I'm going to um, say a few things about this man's career and then if you, at any stage you think you know who it is, please buzz in and let me know and I'll see if you can get it right. So, this man was born on the 4th of July in 1989. If you can get it from that, that's very impressive. Uh, he was picked two in the 2008 rookie draft. He stood at 180 centimetres tall and weighed only 78 kilos. He played in several tagging roles or defensive roles and was given a rising oh. star nomination in round 11 of his first season after oh. tagging Stephen okay. Milne out of a game think, while gathering 19 think, disposals himself. It's, oh, no, actually, no. I, I, no, because if, 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 I, if I answer and it's wrong, I don't get a chance. I'll, I'll let you keep going, Luke. All righty. This player played every game in his debut season in 2009. He Hang on. won. I think I got it. Yep. Who do you think? Joe Anderson. No. Ah, oh, damn it. That's all right. We'll keep on going. This player won the Blues' best first-year player award in 2009 and came tenth in our best and fairest. Who the hell is this? <laughs> After 73 games and 10 goals, he was delisted at the end of the 2013 season. 
he went on to play for Glenelg in the Sandfield. And as far as I know, he's still there. I have no information on him past 2017. Would you say say his birthday was? At 89? 89. 4th of July, 1989. 31 years old. Yeah. So I was saying, Jared Jared Cash is out of the equation there. Um, Who played played 70 games? He played about 20. I'm trying, I'm racking my brain. I think. Is, um, I'll give you another clue. I'm pretty sure he's right. Is it Chris Johnson? Is it Chris Johnson? No, it's not. Um, he wore the number 45, if that helps. Oh, Aaron David Joseph. Aaron Joseph. Aaron Joseph. Aaron Joseph. And a funny little thing about Aaron Joseph. Aaron Joseph, he was, if anyone listening plays Supercoach, I believe in 2009 in his rookie season, he was the best midfield rookie you could buy in Supercoach uh, for 2009. So he may have been a bit of, he may be a forgotten blue, but he may not be forgotten amongst some Supercoach fanatics. So that's a, that's a nice not, little forgotten blue for this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. His 2011 season was actually pretty good. Yeah, but that 2011 season was like past like the the ability of many of those players who definitely played out of their skin that year. I mean, we finished fifth with a list that had Satanta Halpin playing full forward. Oh, God. So, I mean, everyone really played out of their skin that year, I think. Yeah, definitely overachieved, if you ask me. But I think that's all we've got for this week. Boys, any last thing you want to say? Any last comments? Asaki, oh geez, Asaki, he was something else. Did he? Th- did he manage to get a game? I think he maybe won. I've I've heard through the grapevine now in his when he plays. I think local footy, he just goes out to just beat up people and just <laughs> runs runs through them. He's he's a bit of an odd but shame we didn't get to see more of him. And I mean, I don't know if it's good or bad, but either way. Alrighty. Well, on that note, we might leave it there, boys. Until next week, uh, go Blues. Go Blues. Go blues. All right, and I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking out, and I'm looking out for you, number twenty-two. Yes, Nathan Williamson, we've got our eye on you. All right, have a good week, guys. Make sure if you want to get in touch with us, um, please message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we've been, we've loved all the support we've received over the, uh, the past week, so. We'd love to get in touch with some of you guys and um, good luck for the week. Go Blues. Hopefully we can get up and have a nice, happier podcast for you next week. Have a great yeah, time. Well, 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 blood pressure. <laughs> All right. See Boris, you later. Thank you. We'll see you. Thanks, Ben.